Welcome to the Sexy Selfish Podcast Series. I'm your host, Shona Gates. I'm a women's life coach, success strategist, and a self-proclaimed badass. And I'm here to help you rediscover your authentic self, stop delaying your happiness, and step into your truth. This podcast has been created to connect, inspire, and nurture mums who want more. Are you ready? Okay, so today's episode of the podcast is a little bit of a special one, and I am going to, before we dive in, just preface what this is about, because it's a little bit different to my normal solo podcast episodes. This episode today is featuring an incredible guest speaker who did a live masterclass training on her topic of expertise in our Badass and Bulletproof Mastermind. So this podcast episode has been pulled directly from one of those guest sessions within the mastermind that went live, you know, between 2021-2022. So just to let you know, that's why this one sounds a little bit different. It's very much more of that conversation piece and you may actually hear some conversations back and forth with the mastermind participants and some questions that they've asked in there as well. But morning, how are you? I am so good. Look how fresh and amazing you look. Oh, (laughs) I'm like, no, do I? It's it's the white gold earring, like the co- earring, yeah, gold earring nails. It doesn't matter how like asleep you've got. That's the combo, isn't it? That makes you feel like your yeah. life's together. <laughs> how are you? How has your morning been? Yeah, good. It's been busy already, which is good. Um, how about yours? Yeah, just busy with mum life, just mum stuff. Yeah. Kids were up overnight, so we're both like Aaron and I trying to negotiate who gets to sleep for an extra hour. He took the extra hour. I got the kids ready and then he had to do school run and I'm like, okay, quick. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not at yeah. that stage. Yet. <laughs> Enjoy it. That stage is hectic and messy and bullshit. <laughs> really selling it. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not the person to speak to if you want like the lovely, like glowing motherhood is a blessing. I'm the one that's like, no, motherhood is bullshit. <laughs> no stars. Do not <laughs> I'm going to hold my camera there. All right. Awesome. So we have been speaking all month nearly about launching. And even though I am the messiest launcher at the moment, because I've been so busy, mm-hmm. I obviously you were my first choice to bring in for launching because this is like literally what you do for clients, isn't it? Campaigns, marketing, helping them figure out how to do it properly. Before we dive into that though, and I think most of the women in this group will probably know you because I speak about you often. Did you want to share a little bit about yourself and where you're at and how you got there yeah um of course so obviously i have an agency called made creative co um in the last year we've grown quite exponentially and now we've got a team of well including myself four um we predominantly focus now like you said on campaigns for clients and that could be for launches or um for just general marketing and that falls into creating landing pages for them, creating the actual strategy for them, creating the paid ads for them, email marketing and creating content for them as well, which they can use on their organic social media platforms. Uh, We've kind of taken a slight tilt towards more e-com just naturally. That seems to be a really common 
way the business is going, but we still do a lot with um, lead gen as well. So helping B2B clients or someone similar to yourself, even though you sell somewhat a product slash service, yeah, you're kind of in that middle ground, you're still selling a service. Everything. I fit in yeah. box. Like the my literally my most terrifying question you could ask me is what do you do? Or what's your, what's your product? What's your business? I'm like, don't ask me that. There's too many things. I don't know how to explain it. Just stop. <laughs> Yeah, so someone similar to yourself who's kind of in that middle ground, um, looking to maybe grow their email list as well. That's a common thing that people come to us for and maybe they need a campaign or that, or even just building some brand awareness um, prior to doing paid ads full on. Um, so yeah, we do an array of services, but paid ads and email and landing pages would be our main thing. Awesome. And we're going to dive a little bit more into like the launching and, and how that all works and how you structure it and your philosophy around that. I would love if you feel comfortable sharing like your personal journey. What did life look before made Creative Co for you? Yeah. Um, I've been freelancing probably, I reckon I calculated the other day for seven years, always on the side for small businesses, um, family and friends. Um, so that has always been something I've loved. And I think that's how we first met. I was doing more organic social media first as well. But prior to me even getting into having my own business, I worked in small startups. And I think this was really, really helpful in helping me grow my skill set across the whole digital platform rather than being stuck in a real specific, you're just doing ads or you're just doing email. I really saw a holistic approach to marketing and the importance of that for small business and how startups really need to capitalize on having an array of digital platforms to be marketing on in order to have success. So I worked in about, what was it, three different small businesses to startups as their lead marketing manager or lead digital, whatever you wanted to call it. They were predominantly in e-com, so hence why I probably have a stronger knowledge in that space. Um, so that was probably, yeah, it's about 10 years ago I started. How long have I been out of, yeah, I can't even think anymore, you get so old. I reckon, yeah, it was close to 10 years ago I started. <laughs> Um, in my early 20s and now yeah we're getting to 30 um, I've obviously had made creative co for a year officially but be, like I said been working with small businesses for yeah decades a long time prior to that. and so what was the decision like Maddie finishing high school was it straight away like yes I want to do marketing I want to go to uni I want to own an agency or was there kind of like a different journey to get yeah. to that point I, I actually studied public relations because I had a dream to move to Sydney and be like, I just had that, you know, that wild dream. Like I just want to work in a cool city and wear cool clothes and do PR. Like that just seems really like a cool. Dream. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to do PR and work, go work for Sweaty Betty. Yeah. Yeah. The Ministry of Talent and everything. I was like, I'm going to be that girl. I, no, I know, no. and it was it was stupid. Um, it was a waste of a degree. Like they cancelled the degree after I finished it because I think they realised it was not a good degree. It, I, really? I felt like I left not getting full any real education. <laughs> I know that sounds really silly. Um, so I really started that journey of um, being self-taught. I did go back and do a postgraduate degree after in digital marketing. And I did that only two years ago, which I'm so happy I did. Even though I knew everything, it just helped me cement, I guess, my knowledge and cement my knowledge in the 20 first century rather than when I studied uni because it's changed so much um it changes every bloody month at the moment I don't know how anyone keeps <laughs> up it's like a full-time job keeping up with it yeah well and uh nothing I think we've discussed about when it comes to pricing yourself is 
I looked at last financial year, I ended up spending, I think, and I feel sick of saying it's like 35 grand on education um, and coaching. Um, And I, you know, I've had a successful year, yes, but that is a big chunk of my income, which I forfeited to better myself in ads, you know, learning from some of the best in the world um, and always continuously upskilling because, yeah, you have to be in this space. Yeah, and that's the thing when it comes to your hourly rate, which I feel like we could speak about all day. But like my husband is a mechanic and it was like, oh, you cost so much an hour. And he's like, I can do it in half an hour because I've been doing this for 15 years and my yeah. Like, yeah, trade and all, and the tools. The tools alone are like 60 grand. It's yeah. Just, and it was like, oh, but, you know, $75 an hour. And I'm like, I don't think you understand the hundreds of thousands of dollars that goes to yeah. get to that point where it's $75 an hour. It's insane. Yeah, yeah. And I think... Um, even when I take over some accounts from other people who are have other marketing agencies and I see what they've done and I'm like, okay, yeah, that was worth the 35 grand upskilling to this level. Um, and also knowing that I'm better than them because I've done this. <laughs> yeah. I heard that too recently. I signed a retainer's client, a contract for a client. They sent me everything the previous designer had done and they're like, Oh, we paid $80,000 for this. And I'm like, you are shitting me. Yeah. Oh my god, I feel so bad for you right now. And they were like, "What?" And I'm like, "You got ripped off like so hard." Yeah. <laughs> because that would have yeah. that would have taken me a week. You know, like it's yeah. just insane. But yeah, it you've is. got to constantly be up skilling. I feel like yeah, we could speak on that for ages too. This would be one of those things where it's like, "I'm booking Maddie for half an hour live," and be like, two and a half later, my two and a half hours later, my sister would be like, "Get off the live!" <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I'm gonna try to stay on focus. So. Talk to me about the businesses that, that you work with. Like, so what mm. point do they get to? I feel like this, that's important to touch on. What point do they mm. get to them where, where they're like, I need help outside of mm. what I can do? Yeah, I think it probably comes down to that one year, two year point. And maybe they've been doing their marketing for that time period or they've had someone maybe manage their social media and it gets to a real stagnant point and they're not really sure what to do from here. Um, and that most of the time they come to me with a particular concept or service that they think they need, but really where I'm like, nah, you're not even at that level. Like a lot of them will come to me and say, all right, it's been a year of business. Let's start paid ads. Like I need more sales. You know, they come to me cause they're scared or like they need those sales. And we take a look at everything and I'm like, mm, actually, you're not even ready for that just yet. We, the basics are still not performing for you. Um, we need to work on your offer. We need to work on your target audience, your copy, your website. There's so much more that we need to work on first because, and there's no disrespect to small businesses, but a lot of people DIY, DIY, their website, their marketing. So it hasn't probably been done properly or Mm -hmm. to a level where you can grow to that next level. So we have to strip back what they've been doing for the last however many years and really work on offer, target audience, website, and their email mark, everything before we even go to that next stage of growth. It's those foundational levels, isn't it? Because like, I want the more leads and I want to sell more products. And it's okay. Do you have the capacity within your current system and structure to handle 10 times the amount of orders? And also like, okay, you want more emails and leads, but what's happening with them? Where are they going? 
Yeah. You can just collect all the emails in the world, but if you're not doing anything with them for six months and then spamming them with eight emails in a week. So yeah, I feel like we're very on the same page with that. What you yeah. the conversations you sit down with your clients and be like, okay, so we're not ready for that yet. It's probably the exact same yeah. conversation I'm having with them. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. even new clients, I had a sales call this week and she was pretty brand new. Um, and she said, oh, I've heard that I need to do paid ads. And when we had the sales call and I'll never, I'm pretty blunt in my conversations. I'm like, no offense, but your organic sucks. Um, and I'm like, do you have Clavio set up in the back end? And she's like, oh no. I'm like, so you don't even have email marketing. I'm like, have you sold this product like organically through your website? And she's like, I've had a couple. And I'm like, is it a proven offer then? Because it doesn't seem proven to me. We need to work on that first before we start driving traffic, wasting your money. Um, and I'm kind of just being really like, no, I'm not going to work with you for that just yet. We'll discuss yeah. working on together on a maybe a different basis. I love this. I love this because it's just reaffirming everything I've taught everyone this month. Because, yeah, it comes back to, like, yeah, you've, if you've got the foundation systems and structure set up for growth, then you can grow really quickly. With the launching, we've spoken a lot about, like, having to be able to energetically get behind your launch. You have to be super fucking mm. excited about it because that excitement mm. creates momentum and energy. But also, if you've got, like, a brand-new product to launch and you just throw it up on your website and send out one email, have you made the most of that new product absolutely not so that's when it's like okay extend your timeline set the mm. date you want to do it reverse engineer it to make the most out of it i think this is one yeah. of the things that blows my private client's mind when they're like oh we're moving to a new location or we're launching a new offering and i'm like okay we've got we're going to do this we're going to do social media we're going to do emails we need to look at public relations i want you to like, yeah. send out photos and they're like oh i thought i was just going to get the keys and walk into my new store and it's like yeah no 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 <laughs> why would so you just do the thing yeah, I probably wouldn't touch someone's launch. Um, if they have a really engaged audience, like if I was to launch something personally, like my audience, and I think likewise with you, is very engaged. So we could maybe get away with a four to six week launch and feel confident we would get signups. But if you're pretty brand new, I almost think you need like eight to 10 if you don't have an engaged audience. Yeah. So that's my recommendation I give to people. If they're like, oh, we want to launch in three weeks, I'm like, I'm not touching that. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's just, it, yeah, it depends on the audience as well. Like I'm saying, yeah. if you've got a really engaged audience and you know your offer is their pain points, um, yeah. then you know, then you could probably get away with like a four-week launch. Yeah. yeah. Or four to six. And like you were saying the other day on all your TikTok, I actually love how you shared about um, the, the cost of getting a brand new client versus the cost of a repeat client. If you've already yeah. got that list, if you've already got people that are interested have purchased from you before, you can do like a launch, almost a product offer offering to those people. But mm. if we're talking brand new, never been done, nothing set up. Yeah, you'd, you'd at least want to know, for me, it's three months away on the calendar when something's launching and I have to work yeah. backwards from that. And what I see a lot of the time is like idea to I'm putting something up on Instagram is like two days for people. And I just kind of want to expand their perspective yep. on what that yeah. looks like. I feel like if you have a business, you should be in pre-launch phase all the time. And what do I mean by that is a building your email list regardless of whatever you're doing. So I feel like that's a pre-launch stage, like always building that with a lead magnet or some sort of whatever you're doing. Um, always be posting on your, like, for example, if I was to launch something, I would put out a lot of educational content into my content pillars. So when I launch something, you know, people already know my expertise. I'm, a, I'm already in that pre-launch phase all the time. Be building my email list. And I personally would be starting paid ads regardless, but paid ads that are value added. So you don't always have to be running paid ads that are like conversion based 
So what I mean by that is for a purchase or for an email. You yeah. can, if you have a post that's like going amazing for your business, chuck some money behind it. Chuck 10 bucks a week on it. Get people to your page. Get people knowing you. Build out that funnel. Stop relying, I guess, on organic social media. I think that's a huge misconception is if you're struggling growing your Instagram or getting reach, pay for it. That's what they want you to do. And it's not cheating. It's just being realistic. And that means yeah. you can get more people into your funnel quicker and you can nurture yeah. them quicker and you'll have more success. So Absolutely. that doesn't have to be an expensive exercise. That's $10 a week, $20 a week. Um, yeah. Just to build your funnel, like get those people in, your cold audience yeah. in. Yeah. yeah. I have ads running all the time. I think an important point to touch on is though, is also it depends on your business. It depends on your offering yes. and who you're reaching. Like if you're selling $4 earrings at markets and they go really well and yet you're putting energy and marketing into social media and Instagram and you're not selling a single earring from your Instagram, if, if the money's in the markets for you and that's what you love doing, do more of that. And then once that's going super fucking well, once you've raised your prices, once you're looking at wholesalers, once you're looking at expanding out of your markets and you've got the profit behind you, then we look at the paid ads as well. So I feel like there's this blanket thing of like, I created a product, I whacked a website up, I'm going to start paid ads. And because the girl on TikTok said that she made six figures doing drop shipping, yeah. I'll make six figures doing drop shipping. Oh, I literally cannot stand that. And I think yeah. if you saw my other TikTok that I put up, I said, like some of the biggest brands in the world, and what I was saying was Kylie, Kylie Lips, Skims by Kim Kardashian, they pay for customers. Like they still pay for ads, even though they're million, like million people follow them on Instagram and everything. They're still doing marketing. So why do you think you're any different? Like these are brands that have influencers behind them and they still need to do paid media or have a strategy, do email. So you, you're not any different. Like, yeah. yeah. And the post yeah. I see a lot that goes up in a lot of the women in business groups is like, oh, you know, I've had my website three months and my products and I've made six sales and what am I doing wrong? And I'm just like, oh my God, I don't even have the energy or the time to explain, to, to go into that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if yeah. someone's at the very, very, and I don't think we've got anyone who's in this group right now, but obviously this live stays in here forever. If someone is at that very, very beginning stage where they've got the product, they've built their website, they're super excited about it. What would be your like advice to them in terms of launching with a bang and making the most out of being the new product and being exciting? Obviously I'm hoping they've done market research. I'm hoping they've, in my advice, I would be like pre-sell that product at least yep. like 30, 40 units before you make a single yep. one. That would be my advice personally. Well, I always say even do like a um, test, like a pre-launch test of the product and have multiple variants if you can and then test with an ad campaign before. But if they have gone with a product, say, um, I would use a spray and pray method because I would chuck it on every single platform you can think of. This is the other spray thing that people... Pray. That's amazing. Yeah. So this, when you're starting out and you're brand new, um, you should try and put your messaging everywhere. And what I mean by that is if you're e-com, you should be on TikTok, Pinterest, Instagram, YouTube, shorts, every single place. Um, same with, I guess, if you're Legion, maybe you wouldn't be on Pinterest or you might be, but you need to put the messaging everywhere and you spray it. That's the message, like the thing, the spray. I just feel like a dog peeing on the wheel of a car, but yeah, like spray <laughs> Spray your messaging everywhere and you call it the prey. Like, you know, something will stick. And once you then know the top two, 
then you knock down on those and really focus on your strategies on two or three platforms. And then you come back to the other ones later. But this misconception of like, oh, I'm going to have an Instagram account and that's all I'm going to do. It doesn't work like that anymore. You need to be on at least two to three platforms, unfortunately. Um, yeah. I would be on TikTok. If I, any business, I think even if you're for older people, this is a, another misconception. The 30-year-olds, the 40-year-olds, the 50-year-olds on TikToks. Remember when Facebook first came out, it was all young people, then it went to old. Jump on being on TikTok now. Like if you're not, yeah. it's your wasted opportunity. Your target audience is on there. It's not just for yes. young people. Um, and it has a really good algorithm, like we know, that it will find people anyway that are your ideal target audience. So if your ideal target audience are, are not 15-year-olds, it probably will start to learn that it's not 15-year-olds and won't show your, your post to that. So get out of that mindset. But yeah, start spraying your message everywhere that you can. That would be my biggest advice. Don't rely on one platform to bring new results. Focus on getting your messaging out there and relying on about five platforms if you can. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I, have you, I have YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Pinterest, and podcast, as well as like the website and blogs and a bunch of other stuff. And for, I've been doing it long enough where that's not hard work for me. I've got systems no. set up with one piece of content goes everywhere. I think people can get super overwhelmed though if we say like, you have to do all this stuff and they're going, can't someone just buy my shit? <laughs> and they freak and out about it. And another strategy that I've spoken about as well is um, thinking of your content rather than like, I need a post on TikTok, I need a post on Instagram, thinking about, I'm going to do a post this week on how, like this, how to have a successful launch and how can I fit this piece of content into the formats of TikTok, of Instagram, rather than thinking like you have six different places to post, have the same messaging and just fit it into their format. That's what you're doing. It's the same yeah. messaging. You don't have to change the messaging for all of them. You're just yeah. ultra fit into the format, the text, how it looks of those different platforms. But it's the same content. Exactly. It's like write a blog and then turn that into your newsletter and then turn that one piece into like three or four separate posts. And then that can also go here and here and here and it's repurposing. It's not as dramatic yeah. as I think people make it out, but then they definitely freak out and they're like, oh my God, I've got all this stuff to manage. And then before they've even sold their product, before their product is tested and working, they're looking at like, I need to hire a social media manager. And it's no. like, no, you need to get your product sold. And then once you've got money in your pocket, you do all this, other, all this other stuff. And I don't know how, if you've ever said this to your um, people in this program, but do you give much advice on Upworks? Because I think there's a lot of people that can help you on Upworks for a cheaper price. I'm not saying a social media manager, but saying someone who could chop up some content for you into smaller videos or edit a video for yeah. you. If you're like struggling with that, it's quite affordable on there to find someone who can do it for like $20 an hour. If you just need help like creating the videos, if that daunts you a little bit or you don't have the time, um, you can find affordable methods for that. Absolutely. Yeah, we've spoken, I think it's Fiverr and Upwork. Yeah, I've Upwork. Used, but yeah, there's a, certain, there's a few people I've used over the years just like, yeah, for some editing stuff, for some really quick copy stuff for websites. And so the, the women in this group do have information about that too. Because yeah, like it's different price points. Obviously, we want to support women supporting women. Obviously, we want to, we want to support local women as well, the Australian economy. Yeah. But you've either got time or money when you're growing a business. And mm. if you've got time, then you do it yourself because you've got no money. And if you've got money and no time, then you outsource as much as possible, right? Yes. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And then eventually you have the money to hire someone like on your team who is local, which I definitely, like you just said, I recommend that 100%. I think working with people in Australia is a lot easier. Um, but I have done in the past when I was just starting out 
editing my videos because um, he cost me like $10 an hour. And it was easy, you know, for the time until I had a video editor now that works here, you know. But you have to get to that point. Yeah, I often use them for that type of stuff when I actually need like speed, like rapid speed. Because like all the local copywriters I work with are like, yeah, I can fit you in in January. And I'm like, I need it done tomorrow. So and often yeah. it's because they've got a lot in the time zone yeah. too thing. I can send them a task and then by the morning it's done because they're in a completely different time zone, which is so cool. Yeah. But when it, okay, so I want to touch up because we've spoken this week about this month about launching. And I kind of gave them as I wanted to give them options and examples because I don't think there's any like, this is how you launch. This is the timeline. This is exactly what you do. You copy and paste and it works for every single thing. I, I don't believe in that. I'm not sure where you stand on that. Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of wanted to give them three very different options. So we did like a book launch strategy, a product-based strategy and a offer, like a service-based strategy online and kind of broke it down into what that launch could look like at what yeah. phases. And it kind of like it ranges like, you know, at a minimum of two weeks out, you need to have this done. At a minimum of one month before you launch, you want to have your mm. product photos done. Yes. Do you have any kind of framework that you follow with clients in that aspect? Yes. So for e-com, I think I'll start with that one. Um, I generally say, like I said, if this is your first burst product, I would say eight weeks out. If this is like a launch of a product and you've got an engaged audience, I normally say to my clients, six weeks out. And so let's just say you do have a little bit of an engaged audience. You're ready to launch a new product. Um, and that six week out mark, um, we will start already engaging with influencers or content creators in getting content for the product. So one of the biggest things that people do wrong when launching an e-com product is they don't show the product prior to launch. And I think that's actually the wrong thing to do. You can do it in a way that um, evokes curiosity. So, you know, giving them little sneak peeks um, and stuff like that. But you, you want people to already know how to use the product, what are the benefits and what are the transformations at least four weeks out prior to it being launched. Because they, they, remember, people need seven touch points. So they need to see the content seven times. They probably need to think about it seven times. So they need to think, how can I use this product? So, you know, getting an influencer or your friend or family to do a video of you using the product. Um, have all this and start teasing this out across your social media platforms. That's what I will say to people. Prior, prior to that, sorry, I should have started with this part. You want to have no, a landing. We, we work backwards. We're like set the date and then work back. So this is great. Sorry, I should have said this part first. The landing page is really the crucial thing. So whether you're going to send traffic to your homepage and then have a banner, I don't love that. I would have a dedicated landing page to the pre-launch of the product. And you would have a sign-up form on there for people to get exclusive access maybe to it, a discount code, something like that. Give them something to sign up. And then you would be focusing on having an email nurture sequence for those people. Um, and here we'd be, again, talking about the benefits of the product, talking about what it does, um, talking about how to use it. Videos, again, I would highly recommend video reviews and this can be that you send it out to like 10 of your friends and say hey be honest with me can you write me a review on this product what did you think yeah. of it yeah. you want to be nurturing those people um, on your email list and then you'd probably have a very similar content strategy on your social media but you might be a bit more sneakish like i was saying to you like this is coming you know and teasing it out a little bit more when it comes to your organic because these people are a bit colder so they you know yeah. a little bit more 
pouring it out. So you want them like salivating by the end of, you know, in your yeah. restaurant and you can smell the cooking and you've ordered and you're just kind of like, I know I'm getting garlic bread. Someone's getting garlic bread. I can smell it. You want them kind of like their mouth watering ready for it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and like I said, be on all platforms doing this as well. People also love the behind the scenes. So having a bit of personality to your launch as well, like showing it being made or showing the process, take them behind the scenes. I find this has been really helpful for some of our e-com clients as well, really showing the personality behind the brand. If you're the brand owner, like how it got made, what's the concept behind it, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you might also have a content strategy depending on the product. Like we just did one for a client who brought out a bone broth for kids. So we did some blogs leading up to it about the benefits of bone broth for kids. So, you know, really educating people as well and directing your traffic to those blogs so people could understand, okay, this is why this is a good product as well. So your content strategy just really needs to align across all those platforms. You're nurturing, you're giving information and that's continuous. Like, if you're launching, I would say every single day you're posting something somewhere, really educating and nurturing your customers. Um, and the really great thing about having the pre-sign-up list is that you can get a gauge of who's actually interested in your product. And, you know, maybe you say it's coming soon and if you don't have enough interest, you can draw that out a little bit longer. That's another sneaky tactic that I do. So say you could say it's coming soon and say you're not feeling like the launch is going really well. You need a few more weeks to get more. You can prolong that because you haven't really given a set date. You're just kind of constantly getting those email lists. You're constantly nurturing until you have enough people sign up that you feel confident to launch to whatever yeah. platform that you do. Um, and, and then the 48-hour hype. So that's my thing. You know, the 48-hour hype is huge. You know, launch to your email list first. You're hyping hard there to your exclusive list. Um, and then you're hyping literally, I would say, every few hours on all your social media platforms. Um, telling them it's coming, showing videos, showing testimonials if you've got them, showing your credibility for those 48 hours. So when it comes launch time, people are like bloody keen. Like they want it. <laughs> They're like piranhas. They're just like, give me. <laughs> yeah. So like I did it for a really, really, we did a whole strategy for a curler client and the whole strategy was using influencers to get her sign-ups. So we were using influencers every week, micro and macro. Not saying that you have to do this, but it, it, it really worked if you can afford a few influencers. And some of them were and like... And you get the right influencers yes. too. <laughs> yes. Um, I've paid we, so much for influencers in the past that it was just like, okay, so obviously a whole bunch of your followers are fake. Well, it's really interesting because we used a few girls that had 2,000 followers who I kind of knew. So they were happy with product for content because the curler was worth $120 anyway. So it was a pretty good product to get it for free. And then we obviously paid a few, I think we paid one that had 100,000 followers and she was close to 1,000. We actually got better results using the Nano than compared yeah. to her because her audience was more engaged. They believed what she said etc so this launch worked really well because the whole launch was about getting people to that email list and we got hundreds of signups because the influencers were directing people to the sign up form for this launch no one knew when this product was launching we kind of kept it kept it quite exclusive you have to sign up to know when it's launching social media showed all this video content there was a hype you know and we called it join the hype literally that's what we called it so it was really good wording as well so come launch day, because we had done this six weeks of using a new influencer every week, you know, get to the sign up, 
when we launched the email list, we sold out in a day because we had yeah. such a strong email list and we were nurturing them on that email list. So we're probably sending them an email every two days, which yeah. because we want them to be hot, ready to buy, you know? Yes. We're talking about transformation. That's the main thing. What's the transformation people are going to get? Then, of course, you want to talk about features and benefits. Then you want to talk about credibility here. So social proof, UGC, reviews, how to use it, etc. Then brand story, because that was huge for this brand. You know, it was a mum who was a hairdresser. She wanted to bring out a curler that worked for people and got hair quality curls at home. Perfect. People frothed at that. Um, and these emails were kind of on repeat, just kind of worded differently every two days. And yeah, like I yeah. said, the audience was nurtured. They were hyped. When we launched, bam, sold out. Like, yeah, you know. And that's what you and, want. Yeah. And I think that's very similar for Legion as well. So say you're bringing out a course or you have a service. Um, I think that you probably do need to have some sort of free. Um, now, I'm not saying you have to do it this way. And I don't know how you feel about this, but if I was launching a high ticket offer, I, I do believe you do have success when maybe you have maybe a smaller ticket offer or a free, something free maybe to offer. Yeah. Or So this could be like you do a webinar and then you launch to a webinar or a free masterclass or a free lead magnet um, because people really need to understand your services and understand your credibility. And, you know, it's a bit harder to sell when you're selling a person who yeah. people need to trust a bit more than a product. Um, yeah. My personal rule with that is if it's over like $400, they need to really touch point and experience me, whether that's one big masterclass, whether that's seven days of little things. Whereas, you know, if it's something for $100, $200, I feel like I can give enough information in yeah. a one, like, you know, in a sales page. They can get enough information for that. But anything Correct. more than that, and especially anything over like $1,000, $1, I would yeah. expect a decent amount of touch. And honestly, the way that I like to work, if someone's spending more than $1,000 with me, I actually like to have a chat with them. I like to voice note them in the DM. So even if someone's signing up to Abundant as Fuck, which is launching this week, everyone who's purchased, I've actually had a conversation with first. And I prefer that. So it's like, yeah. yeah. No, and I agree with that. Um, I've launched a new program. Well, it's more of a new service. And I don't know if you, you've probably been targeted with my ads, but I've got messenger ads going at the moment. Um, and Ooh, I'm getting I haven't about seen four. anything. I'm going to keep an eye on it. Um, so I'm getting $4 leads at the moment through a messenger campaign and my ads are just really blank. I'm calling out the problem that my audience has and how I have the solution for them. And it's quite secretive that it, yeah. Is it white with black text? I have seen yeah. it because I was like, that's not on brand. That's so simple. But I was like, it caught my attention because I'm like, that's different. <laughs> yeah. So I've been really working, working. And this is where it comes down to understanding when you're in this lead gen or B2B space understanding the real pain points of your ideal target audience. But I've tested this for years now. Like I know yeah. the pain points exactly that when I, I went to, I like obviously launched with four different concepts and I knew the two that were going to work and the two work. So I'm getting $4 leads at the moment. But what people do is they DM me, you know, they DM me with the word. And we have, like you said, that conversation, that touch point before they commit to a, my program, $6,000, but they can pay for it obviously over X amount of times. Yeah but they need that touch point. And then we jump on a call even. So that can be another strategy that you use. If yeah. you've got so a high ticket offer. The, in the ebook this week is I just wanted to give them every possible example I could think of, of a way to like use that lead into a, and you mm. know, whether that was, I mean, I've had days where I was doing flyers around my local area for my spray tanning business. We'd like bring a, bring yeah. a best friend and save $5 each. You know, the webinars, the, the guest speaking, doing all the podcast stuff, doing, um, 
you know, like all the lives and, and there's so many different ways that you can shoot. So that's the thing. It's not just like everyone in the world needs to do a webinar that leads into a course. Every single person in the world needs to do a freebie download that leads into a, um, you know, an ebook course. Yeah. They buy. It's the fact that it's like whatever works for you, your personality type, what you enjoy, what your clients are going to get the most value out of. So if you're targeting yeah. busy mums and then you want them to sit down for a day workshop with you, it's like, and no one got to yeah. for that. <laughs> you don't yeah. get any sign. Like, know your, know your user, know your audience. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I totally agree. Like, I don't think one strategy works better. Like, some the people that are, sh- sh- like, started these or sharing them may say that their strategy works really well. But I think, like you said, it's really understanding what would work best for your consumer um, as well. I just recently watched a masterclass by this other company in America, and they did a three-day free masterclass. And then obviously they sold to you at the end their course. Um, and honestly, I nearly bought the course, but then I was like, Maddie, you've spent enough on courses. But the three-day masterclass, like that's a big commitment to do. So you really don't want to be doing that if you don't think your audience would resonate with that or that you could yeah. attract those people to sign up because three days of your time for free is a lot. Um, so you might even yeah. test for something small like a lead magnet or an event even. So for one of my clients, she's launching a course coming up and she's hosting an in-person event, right? So she's a makeup artist. She's hosting an in-person event for makeup artists to learn, I don't know, really know exactly what she's going to be teaching them. That's in up in the air. And from there, you know, they're going to obviously have to give their email addresses and at the event yeah. they'll get a discount code to her course with how to grow your business your makeup business for success like how to reach blah 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 six figures or whatever with your so she's inviting her ideal target audience to a uh, an event which is paid for by the way i think she's charging them like 15 20 just to cover the cost of the event um and then that will go into a course so i think that's a great idea that's actually now that you've said that i'm like every single woman who came to my book launch has now a paid client of mine in the in the thousands and that yeah. was never like the funnel that I set up. I just wanted to have fun party and, and meet new people because it was post-COVID. Um, but yeah, now I'm thinking about that. Every single person who was at that launch is now a paid client of mine in the thousands. So that is a, a funnel that I never even considered before. I didn't see it. Yeah, I and just put the dots together. <laughs> yeah, especially if you're local and maybe that could be. But you could have a virtual event as well. Like she could host that virtually. But um, I think she wants to be attracting more local people, hence why an in-person. But you could do a virtual yeah. event as well. Um, that would work yeah. well too. Awesome. So I don't want to take up too much more of your time, but I would love no. to just ask about the expectations of our timelines. Because what I see a lot is someone's yeah. like, oh, I need to make more money right now. So I've created this offering and I'm going to launch it next Tuesday and it's going to do amazing and when they contact someone like you or I for coaching, consulting, whatever it is, and we tell them, okay, like we actually want to, yes, we want to pre-sell those spots. Yes, we want to make sure it's going to sell, but we actually want to stretch that out to four to six weeks. And they're going, but I know I need the money now. Like I'm freaking out. How do you manage the expectations with your client? I think, and I've got a thing here about things that I think people do wrong. I think people don't, under, um, I think people don't understand, like they have unrealistic results from the time and money they spend. Does that make sense? Like, like I yeah. always say to my clients, the average cost to require a customer in e-commerce is $20. So if you're not willing to put in $20, you won't get that customer. So the longer you prolong that, and whether that's in time or money, 
you won't actually get the result that you want. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, I'm not sure. Absolutely. I and I think that opens yeah. the conversation of transparent sales online when you've got these drop shipping millionaires saying like, I made six figures this month from my laptop in Bali. And you're going, okay, but let's talk about the fact that you probably spent $80,000 in ads to make $100,000. Yeah. So your profit margin looks different. But no one's talking about that. And so the no expectation one... is that this all just magically happens. Yeah. So I think it's having... Um, un like having results from the time and money. So if you're willing to put in two hours, and I think this guy did a really good thing. He said, for every, and I can find this out and give it back to you, but he said, for every few hours you spend on your business, it equals X amount of dollars. So even time has a value on it. So say it does cost you $30 Absolutely. to acquire a customer, and you know $30 is four hours of time. If you're not putting in that four hours, then you won't get that customer. So I think you need to realistically figure out and you can look online for stats on what it is to acquire a customer or the time it takes to launch or even look up, okay, I'm going to do this webinar. People think everyone who watches a webinar is going to sign up. It's actually only like, I'm pretty sure it's a 20% rate normally. That's like average. Yeah. So be I always realistic. base mine on 10% because I feel like that's yeah. super conservative. So if I've got a yeah. thousand people on my list and a thousand people are watching the webinar, I'm estimating a 10%. Yeah. So I think I think that's the main reason people fail is because number one, they don't understand their numbers. That's probably really the realistic thing here. Um, and yeah, I think that, like you said, gurus have said all this crap online and no one's really speaking the truth about what it is. Um, but once you understand your numbers, you'll actually be able to understand how to map out your strategy better because you're like, I need to put in 30 hours to get this customer or I need to do five or it took me five posts before this person converted. Therefore I need to do, 30 posts a week for three more people to convert or, you know, yeah. start learning that. I sent five, I sent an email, only one person replied. Okay. If I want 10 people, I need to send another 50 emails, you know, yep. start understanding your, your data really. Yeah. And understanding yep. and, what it takes yeah. to convert. Exactly. So it's a conversation. It's like, okay, so how many sales have you made in the last few months? Where have those sales come from? What's your wholesale profit? What's your profit margin for this? And people just go like, Oh, I don't know any of that, but I've posted four times on Instagram this week. And it's like, okay, so mm. let's go right back to the numbers, figure out where your money is coming from, where it needs yeah. to go. Yeah. How much it's costing you to get a customer. Um, that was one of the things in my very early days of business, I went straight into high ticket coaching straight away. And yeah. everyone was like, you can't do that. And I'm like, well, I am. And I love it. And I figured out it was costing me $900 really mm -hmm. to get a $2,000 client. But once I yeah. knew that, it was like feeling comfortable. I would put $11,000 in ads a month because I yeah. knew exactly what was coming back out the other side. Um, and obviously that wasn't a sustainable structure for me long-term. I'd burnt out really quickly from working only high-ticket level clients. But yeah, you've got you've to know your numbers. Oh, yeah. There was something that you said before that I wanted to circle and back to, which I totally forgot I think about. Even with the coaching, and I don't know if you have coaching clients, but it's understanding that it's okay to look, if you have a repeat customer, so say me, I think my recent cost, it, I was getting $4 leads, having the sale cost called, and I think my average cost to actually acquire a high ticket client was about $450. And people would be like, what the fuck? Like, that's huge. But, and you would be the same, like for your coaching, like you said, $900, but you make that back in the lifetime. Like, it's not just a, you can't think of it as like, it's the cost to acquire them just once. Like you get them repeat repeatedly so that, you know, their life, like lifespan, that cost goes across it as well. So understanding that as well. And in e-com, that's a huge thing. Like you could lose acquiring that first customer. Yes. When they first buy from you. But if you have a life lifespan of say every 
four weeks, the person rebuys the foundation, you'll make that money back. Um, yeah. You know, it's really understanding that. So yeah. most big companies lose on acquiring a customer. And I think that's the misconception people aren't sharing is most people lose acquiring a customer. No yeah. one gains, not many people are gaining a customer profitably. Yeah, so, yeah, and that's, that's the conversation people aren't having. They're not having yeah. that conversation. And yeah, I love that was what you spoke about, the time thing. Because it's like, yeah, if I'm going to do organic marketing only, that is going to take up X amount of my time. If my time is worth like, you know, $222 an hour for design work and I'm spending 20 hours of my week trying to get new clients, instead, could I make sure my customer experience, my current clients is fucking amazing? Could I yeah. implement a referral system? Could I implement testimonial capture? Could I just yeah. really focus on the people I've got and then let them refer me and do the natural marketing as well when yeah. I'm lacking time? So, yeah. 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 I feel like it's so much deeper than just, like, focus on your launch schedule and make sure to reverse engineer your timeline. But mm. that's the whole point, isn't it? These are conversations that people aren't happening, having in a public space because to say, hey, guys, it's a little bit more complicated than you realise and, hey, it costs this much to actually get a customer, I feel like that's not as exciting at capturing people as, like, I'm going to show you how to make seven figures drop shipping and you never have to leave your lounge. Mm. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I'm launching, I've got a new client starting with me now, she just started, and we're launching April next year. Yeah. Like, look at that lead time. That's huge lead time. But her, and lead, her launch will be super powerful. She will probably sell it yeah. out. She will have a huge audience. Um, who's who, I know, watching over the years, I think it was High Smile, who I feel like did really, really, really well with their marketing because their product is no different than any other product I've ever used for teeth whitening. And yet everyone knows them because their yeah. launch was massive. But they obviously, like, knew to do it right from yeah, scratch. And now they use a like, lot of influencer marketing as yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I get so, like, what do we, went to the 36ers basketball game with my son. We won free tickets on Saturday night. <laughs> And I'm there and there's a huge Hungry Jacks in the middle of the court and everyone, when the opposite, like the opposing team's going through their free throws and they miss, everyone in the crowd gets Hungry Jacks for free. So mm. everyone in the crowd, it's like 8,000 people is chanting Hungry Jacks, Hungry Jacks. And I'm just like, this marketing just blows my mind. <laughs> 8,000 people after that game went and got free cheeseburgers. So Hungry Amazing. Jack's lost on their free cheeseburgers and whatever it costs to put their logo in the middle of the basketball court. But who else got a Coke and fries and everything else while yeah. they were also there? Yeah. It's just great yeah. strategy. And I don't think anyone else in the basketball thinking like saying to their husband, oh my God, Hungry Jack's was spot on and they're marketing with this one. I'm like, I don't think I'm normal. No, I don't think I'm always do thinking that. that. I, I always do. Like, I'm so just like looking at things all the time. I'm like, that is great. That is shit. <laughs> that is good. Yeah. Yeah, and um, do, you, do you do the thing as well where you get invited to like a webinar or someone hosts a three-day workshop or something for free and you're just like, I see the funnel here. I know the offer's coming. Here it is. Yeah. And you can just, you can see it so clearly. And then you have to remember not everyone sees that as clearly. Not everyone no. sees that all the time because I got a bit like desensitized to it. And I'm like, that doesn't work because it's everywhere. And then mm. my mentor was like, no, it's everywhere around you because you're aware of it. When you're targeting yeah. your particular audience, this is probably the first time they're seeing this. Yeah. 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 No, I agree. I do that all the time. Awesome. <laughs> okay. I'm not alone then. So we'll wrap up quickly, but do you have any like final points for anyone that you want them to really walk away with in terms of um, launching and marketing? I just wrote some like things just to think of all the time. And I think we spoke about them, but mine was like, give yourself enough time to, when we've discussed that, just making sure that your offer is proven before you go launching. Um, 
and spend, spending money and building a website. On, yeah. Yeah. Um, don't sell all the time. Provide value, um, which is like my biggest thing. Provide as much value as you can. You can never give away too much free advice or too much free content. There's no such thing. Um, again, know your numbers so you can actually set realistic results from whatever you're actually doing. Um, understand your audience and your, what you think your audience is may not actually be your audience. So you have to be iterating that all the time. So just because you think Sally 25 buys your products, are you actually looking in your data and realizing that it's Melissa 45 to 50 that's actually buying your product? So always understanding your audience and always like um, sending them surveys or maybe doing a focus group or something. Um, my last other thing is A-B testing. I think that's one of the most underutilized things in the entire marketing world. And if you could do anything or learn anything, understand A-B testing and get a program that can do A-B testing for you. A-B test everything you do. Your website is never finished. Your landing page is never finished. Your email marketing, anything is never finished. So you should be always testing to get better results. So I'll let people Google that themselves and understand that. That's good, yeah. I, I'm guilty that's like one of the things I still have never wrapped my head around, never implemented because it's just like, oh, the time to figure that out. And then it's on my list of things like, okay, the next level of my company requires skills for people with skills in this area. So I'm so yeah. glad you mentioned that. Um, thank you so much for your time. No, that's okay. Like this has been super valuable. A lot of the women in here are mums, busy mums running businesses. So they yeah. often listen to the replay while they're driving and, you know, doing other stuff late at night. So where can everyone find you? Where can they connect with you and find out more about what you do? So come over on Instagram at underscore made creative co. Um, I think that's obviously where you'll find more educational content, which will be more valuable for your um, clients and you can always just send me a dm if you have any questions on there i'm really approachable on insta yeah. that is always in our dms cool brilliant <laughs> thank you so much for your time we really appreciate it and i hope you have oh, thank an you. amazing day okay thank you bye, bye. much for listening to this episode of the sexy selfish mums manifesting wealth podcast as always we would love to hear your feedback on instagram so slide on into my dms or share a story with this episode any feedback or questions you have and if you'd like to find out more about the elite membership either send me a dm on instagram or head on over to our website and learn more about our 12 month mastermind for women in business ready to unlock the inner wealthy woman and create a business that allows you impact and income from a place of alignment and integrity. It's fucking amazing. And I would love to have you a part of it. Um, enjoy. Enjoy.